When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen on Cato, on BK, on Smitty, on Joe Mixon. Actually, Joe Mixon's not a, not a part of the show here Darn. today. But this is our Christmas nod pod. It will be very festive. I'm not sure that we'll be uh, celebrating Festivus, but there will probably be no some. No airing very, of grievances. There will be some, I think, at some point during the show. This is our Christmas episode, hence the outfits and uh, a little college football preview show. Hence the outfits. We wear this every day. You're always in a onesie. Is, I, it, is it, that a one, an adult I'm onesie? I'm just a giant baby, yes. That's uh, that's that's like a twosie. That is a big, <laughs> that is a big onesie. A lot of sheeps got buzz cuts, <laughs> so I could be this festive. What about you? Well, you got your little is, sloth well, yeah, outfit. Yeah, this is my little uh, right. Santa sloth. He, you know, Christmas, it takes so long to get here, so slow, so that's why I've got Santa's. And if you <laughs> if you want to guarantee you'll never get a kiss under the mistletoe, wear, wear a sloth sweater. Or yeah. smell like a sloth. Yeah. That, that's always mm. a, a case. All right, let's bring in Brian King in the booth. A, a holly jolly Merry Christmas to you, BK. I know you're ready for the big holiday. Whoa! There he is. Whoa! Look at this guy. He's in the business of that's, Christmas, uh, apparently. Yeah. How about that? A little tacky, but we'll take it. I love it. That's it's like a tacky Christmas. Miami Vice meets North Pole. Very good. <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> what do we got on the big show today, BK? Uh, Christmas is always, you know, the time, I think, that uh, bowl season really, really starts. Yeah. And so we're going to bring in uh, Fox's Brock Heward, get yes, his yeah. thoughts on the uh, football playoff. UW greatest. And the, uh, yes, great great player, great analyst. And also we got Sean O'Neill, our director right. here. He is working feverishly trying to dial in this one guest. So I don't know if we'll be able to get him or not. But we'll try to get this guest in. So is, it, is it Joe Mixon? It could be Joe Mixon. We're actually. <laughs> I'd like to get. I'd like to get a cutaway of a feverishly working Sean O'Neill. We need actually. to get Sean on camera. Like, like yeah. sweating. I mean, he's the wizard like punching buttons. Okay, all right. Yeah. Is, we'll is he that. also festively attired? Does uh, he have on the matching <laughs> pants to the jacket? He that does you're have a onesie on. He do, okay. <laughs> he is wearing a onesie. <laughs> I guess he's I, got the Uncle Eddie, uh, the the dicky on. Oh <laughs> boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that. All right. Well, that looks that looks good. I like a little Christmas Day surprise. Uh, very good, BK. If you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com nodpod if you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe zap that, Z, that qr code on the screen by pointing the camera of your smartphone and it'll take you to the snow-covered streets of nod <laughs> kind of like bedford falls i suppose but uh, if you're subscribing to the audio podcast uh, we invite you to check out all the episodes as well on that page uh and uh there will be no cruel mr potter just n- just nod potters there on that website okay yeah there are benefits to listening to the audio version you don't have to look at our christmas attire but who would would want to take a gander who would want to see that all right it is christmas season and uh you know the obviously all the radio stations are are blasting nonstop uh christmas music and and hey look i like it and uh and i i really probably start earlier than most even do. How early are like, we right, talking? I mean, Thanksgiving. Okay. I think we're I think we're right in that zone. Okay. I, I think like a lot of kinda, people I like start to mash there. them together. Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, I'm well, a, I'm so you a, switch from holiday your Thanksgiving. Mash. You have a Thanksgiving playlist, and it transitions to your. Well, Christmas? Thanksgiving music is is Christmas music. So, okay. uh, top three. What, you have a top three. You have a Mount Rushmore of uh, Christmas songs. I'm glad you asked. I do. You know, for for me, it's Oh Holy Night. Yeah. 
know, you know it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It uh, summarizes the most important moment in history, which was the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and when saying by the right people, not me, that chorus that just uh, transports you, it's truly moving, takes you to that place. You can visualize the manger. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's that's number one. I got, I got that number two on my list. Uh, I do love it. Um, joy to the world is actually my favorite. Not not a lot of people. A lot of people. By Three favorite. Dog Night. Joy. Negative, to my the friend. World. Negative. Uh, yeah. All the boys and girls. <laughs> joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. It's a good Christmas song. I like it. Joy to right. you and me. That's I'm, not- I'm gonna I'm gonna ban that. Uh, no more singing. And then and number three, I got I got Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Well, that's a good. Either that or I like Carol the Bells. That may be you know three A three B. So you're going all, like, religious Christmas songs on your list, yeah. which is okay. Yeah, That's understandable. I mean, it yeah. is the reason. I, I go number two, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, it's yeah, really yeah, I know it's childish, mm. but that's kind of why we do Overrated. a lot of this Christmas stuff. Oh, really? What other song has audience participation? A lot and of them. And if you ever saw hey, it, look it, they just ran across. You the would screen. even say it glows. <laughs> yeah. Come on. What's the What's I'm the not, line? I'm not, I'm like a light bulb. I, yeah, I, I I know. I, I realize. Oh, okay. I know the song, Chris. Yes. All right. Well, I think my number s- three song actually was written about you. Then. Uh, yeah. You're a mean one, Mr. <laughs> Grinch. <laughs> the spirit tones. You're as ugly as an eel. That's, that was written about okay. you. It was indeed. Uh, that was. A, can I point out something about that song? Yeah. Well, first of all, it, the verses are great. It dunks on the Grinch in every verse. Okay. I mean, do you know uh, who sang that song? Uh, James Earl Jones. Uh, you could have. <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft. How's that for a name? Thurl Ravenscroft, and he was also the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh, okay. I definitely hear. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. And yeah. do you know there's a Tony the Tiger bowl You're now? Great. Yeah. <laughs> there's a Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl being played this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, what about retired songs? Songs, Christmas songs that need to go out to pasture. You're sick of hearing at this point. Uh, well, all I want for Christmas is you is number one. Like that. Oh, okay, Mariah, Mariah, we've had enough. You've like made your it. billions off of that. You it's like a it? fun one. I, it's a fun it one. It needs to go, though. It's okay. everywhere. Wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney. Yeah. Gotta go. Yep. Gots to go. I'll agree with that. I got another Beatle on my number two as well. Oh, I do too. You go ahead. Yeah, it's probably the same one. So this is Christmas. Yes, I don't so like depressing. That song. Yeah, no. So we don't need to be reminded at this like, time of year that it, there is. And you start it with so. Like it's so just like this, ah, so. Okay. This is Christmas. Yeah. What have you done? All right. Yeah. yeah no, good. that one needs to go. Both Beatles. Um, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus by the Jackson Five. Yeah. And there, I'll get to. A there's a reason I have personal trauma from this one. I'll get to that okay, later okay, in the show. Okay, but right. good. But to hear all a right. child singing that is just creepy. I don't. Yeah. I don't like it. Santa baby. No, uh-uh, Not for you. I don't want to hear Santa. No, nothing like that. Um, maybe it's cold outside, but probably for different reasons than a lot of people would. I, I just think it's um, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable song, and it's um, <laughs> it sounds like an eighty-year-old man talking to a thirty-year-old woman. It's uh, and it's just yeah, I don't I don't like it. It doesn't stir up the affections of Christmas. I could live with it better if it. Okay, there's the part where she's like, "But my mom and dad are going to be waiting on me," which makes you think, "Oh, how <laughs> yeah. young is she?" And then inappropriate. Say what's in this drink. I wish if we could. I know this was written in 1944, but if say we could what's just, in that drink. Uh, yeah, you don't well, want to know. Eggnog. It, it's not that cold outside. Uh, iconic Christmas movie song. There's certain songs that like are in these Christmas movies that when I hear them, I snap back. So for me. Whenever I hear, I don't know what it's called, but is it Melikaliki Maka? Oh yeah, that's up. I think yeah. of I think of of Cousin Eddie on the 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 diving board wearing yeah. his leopard 
the speedo. Yeah, yeah. Maybe with his with the, the tank yeah. top tucked into. Oh, it. thanks yeah. for that visual again. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I th- another one from that National Lampoon series is Holiday Road, right? Like you, I hear Holiday Road, and okay. I'm, yeah, I'm taken absolutely. back there. Well, yeah. there's a couple, and then they have uh, actual song that's called Christmas Vacation, and they play that I think when they're go- driving out to go cut down the Christmas tree. So, yeah. I like it. I love those those movies. Those are great, uh, f- great movie quotes. I mean, you could probably pull anything from Christmas Vacation. Oh right? yeah. I mean, that we know why Cousin Eddie was out there with the RV on on Christmas right. morning. There's some that are not appropriate <laughs> yeah. for this podcast, but uh, 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 you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. That was uh, that was very good. Uh, Save the neck for me, Clark is actually one of my favorites as that's, well. I like the stuff one. that like it's like second tier. It's not the most obvious one, like you had mentioned, the blank is full. Yeah. I've got one, maybe second tier, same movie. Uh, could I refill your eggnog, get you something to eat, take you out in, into the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead? That's a good uh, one. Clark to Eddie. The Blessing. Yeah, yeah very good. Um, well, we are, uh, we are celebrating Christmas, but in Pittsburgh, they are celebrating the 50th anniversary of what is known as the 66 Circle Option, better known as the Immaculate Reception. That is right. 50 years. That play had a name, like another name? Like well, it was the, a real the, play? the play that was called oh. was 66 Circle Option, yeah. And was that how it was drawn up? To, to, it to it didn't go <laughs> as drawn. No, the intended target did not receive that football. Uh, but the, 50 years, and in my book, I think it's the best play in NFL history. You do. Uh, okay. There's so many components to it that make it the best. I mean, obviously it happens in a playoff game. It's not for a Super Bowl. And, in fact, the Steelers lost the next round to the unbeaten uh, Miami Dolphins. But I love the controversy that kind of swirls with that play. Not outside of Pittsburgh. And, and any Steeler fan that, that isn't within earshot right now is probably cursing me uh, as we speak. But there are some controversies, some conspiracy theories. Oh, here we go. That have come up over the years. We were just starting to break into the Pittsburgh market. So you have the, the, the Fuqua theory, which is uh, he is the receiver that goes up and is hit by Jack Tatum uh, going for the ball. So NFL Rule 7, Section 5, Article 2, Items 2C. Uh, do you have your book? You well, don't have your rule book. Okay, never mind. Always. Uh, any forward pass becomes incomplete and ball is dead immediately if pass is caught by any A player, so the, the offensive player, uh, after it has been touched ineligible uh, A player or second eligible A player uh, and before touching any by a B player. All that A, B language oh, my, is, to, yeah. is to say that the theory is that if, if Fuqua touched the ball and then it was caught by Franco Harris – that it's actually a dead ball. So it, it should not have been complete. So, you know, they he's been asked over the years, oh, did, did the ball touch, you know, well, that's a, a Steeler that, player? That rule has obviously been changed. That, yeah. that is a dumb rule. Yeah. So that uh, that was that's maybe the number one conspiracy, but there's also the trap theory that, uh, that Harris actually trapped it against the turf. I think that there are angles that, that show you it didn't. Yeah, there, that um, theory doesn't hold up. You can see in replays it didn't, didn't yeah. hit the ground. There's the riot theory that referees got on the horn and say, hey, what's our protection out of this place? Because fans had already started to congregate down on the field that they were thinking, i got to get out of Three Rivers alive. So they thought, hey, I can't overturn this call or I'm dead, so we'll just leave exactly. it. Exactly. And then there way. is the, uh, the lesser-known clip theory, uh, which Raiders linebacker Phil uh, Villapiano 
claims that he was actually clipped by Steelers tight end John McMakin on that play. On the return. It should have yeah. been, yeah, well, dead. So, you, could, you could find holding on every play, right? But so. that's what makes it so good, is that, that it has a little bit of mystique to it and uh, 50 years. And that really, I think, kind of launched the Steelers. That was their first postseason win right. in, in team history. And then, of course, they went on to win four Super Bowls that decade. So, uh, not that year, but uh, I think that kind of kickstarted everything. Yeah. I, well, I think it, I didn't know there was so much conspiracy theory around it. I yeah. thought it, you know, clearly a catch, great play. Um, maybe, you know, don't know about the rule about who touched it first, but it's one of those things where it's a wonderful thing that happened and, you know, we can sit back and analyze it, but. And the name, the Immaculate yeah. Reception. Oh, how creative is that? I mean, Raider fans call it the Immaculate Deception, but uh, the, the Immaculate Reception is such a creative name, and I think that that part, that kind of makes it iconic, too. If it was just known as, you know. And and fitting for it, this happened right around Christmas, and Christmas, you know, the exactly. you know, yeah, if you're No thinking. doubt. There, so, there's yeah. another conspiracy controversy that's actually brewing right now in the NFL. I don't know if you know about this. Oh, gosh. Uh, was this? Um, regarding the Chiefs. Oh, no, I do know about this. Yeah. This yeah. is about their number one fan or so one, they, one of yeah, their number I one know, fans. I don't know if he's number one. <laughs> uh, maybe number one in, in the prison system. Uh, but uh, a super fan named Chief Saholic, maybe an appropriate <laughs> name, uh, has been funding his uh, his habit of going to NFL games by robbing banks. Banks, plural? Yes. Well, so he was arrested on December 16th. But they feel like they being uh, intrepid Twitter reporters that don't have, you know, maybe valid information, but, you know, oh boy. It, it makes for an interesting story. They think that he ha- he could be on the hook for, for bank robberies that go back to 2014. Okay. So well, he was on his way from Kansas City to Houston and on his way uh, to a game. He said, you know, I'm going to stop by a bank and I'm, I'm going to rob it. And uh, Allegedly. Right. Yeah. So he is the uh, the Chiefs fan in the in the he wolf wears a costume. Full, a full wolf suit. A full wolf every game. suit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Appropriately. I like he's, it. he's in yeah wolf wolf, wolf onesie. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, but it, it sounds like uh, he's got he does have a little bit of a track record of being a manipulator. Here we we have a, an incident where he he fill, filed a uh, a slip and fall incident at Gillette Stadium in their parking lot back in 2019. Uh, he's kind of a high stakes gambler as well, based yeah. on some of the money that he's taken from banks, and then uh, he. Have uh, he had created a counterfeit meal, free meal certificate at restaurants back in 2012? Yeah. So this sounds like a gem he, of a guy. He, you know? um, yeah, there's a there's a trail <laughs> where he's been through the system. I'm I'm withholding judgment. I want to see the surveillance video from the bank. If the guy, if the robber is wearing the wolf wearing suit, his... then yes, I will convict him. But I think the internet, the Twitter sleuths. You know, shot that down. They found that you no, know, whoever robbed that bank was not in the wolf mask. Correct. They yes. still, you I've know, seen that image. Clearly, uh, police believe it was him. Yeah. Well, but. he was arrested. Um, all right. So, college football bowl season is here. We are in the midst of it. We are waiting in the pool of bowl games. Uh, but the real big ones, they are not here yet. Um, so, until then, we, we get some fun names. We get. Uh, Names like uh, the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Yeah, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, yeah. There was remember the the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, one of the great names yeah. of all time. Yeah. There is a Bad Boy Mowers this year, not Gasparilla. Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so Bad Boy Mowers lives on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there was the the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. That remember was that a mouthful. One? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of cherries <laughs> right off. We the- all learned about Cherubundi that year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about you know the first one that came along in my childhood? What that where they put a sponsor in front of a long-standing bowl 
was the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Mm. You know, for, for decades, it had been the Independence Bowl, Shreveport, Louisiana. All of a sudden, Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. And it was like, what is this? I, I got to get one of these weed yeah, eaters. You got to get it. But now, get it. now it's become kind of a derogatory term for any time your team is not going to one of the major New Year's Day bowls. Oh, you're going to play in the Weed Whacker Bowl. Have fun in Shreveport. <laughs> so I, I like some of the current names that I feel are the most fitting yeah. right now. The Cheese It Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's, it, great. it's a bowl of cheese. It's, it's it, it fits. It makes it makes a whole lot of sense. It makes you wonder, like, why are you just now? I mean, Cheese It's been around for a while. Yeah, I, I, I assume that's a Nabisco. Is that Nabisco? We're going to give it to I them. Yeah. Yeah, rather. I, but it's been around for a while. you got to think, what what took you so long to jump into the bowl game? Well, they wanted to make sure it was profitable. Yeah. And the Cheez-It, Cheez-It is double dipping this year. Cheez-It is also sponsoring the Citrus Bowl. So you have the Cheez-It Bowl and the Cheez-It mm, Citrus Bowl. Really, yeah. But doesn't that make the you— The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl doesn't really fit. Well, think about it. What if you took some citrus and, and zested your Cheez-Its no, with a little orange? No. That would be delicious. No, you're going down the wrong road. That would no, be good. No. Is there is there bowl games that you think maybe there's certain companies that that ought to get involved? I think I think some are missing uh, out on this. I mean, obvious ones where it's a marriage of brands would be the Chipotle Bowl. We all go to Chipotle okay. and yeah. we order a bowl. Yeah, right. I like. You it. gotta have a bowl, Chipotle Bowl. What about the uh, the Copper Tone Sun Bowl? Oh, yeah, Copper Tone. Jump in on it. Yeah. You know, what about the uh, Mole Bowl where you have a, a dermatology group? Uh, and, and the and the prize at the end is a is a cup filled with, su- with sunscreen. No, with sunscreen. Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay, with copper gotcha. sunscreen. I got gotcha. you. Um, what about the uh, the Splenda Sugar Bowl? Makes sense. Yeah. Although Splenda's not real sugar, so right. maybe that's a little ironic. Yeah. 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 What about the Panera Bread Bowl? Okay. I mean, that's yeah, their that thing, right? Tasty. You eat your soup out of a, out of bread. You yeah. Got, got another one? What about the Drano Bowl? Well, that was. Uh, that needed to happen. That's low-hanging fruit. Or like a Kohler. Got, Kohler makes toilets. So it does, yeah. The good. Kohler toilet bowl. That's a good company. Roto-Rooter. Uh, Rice-A-Roni Rice Bowl has to be played in San Francisco because Rice-A-Roni is a San Francisco I feel like that's, not, that's never been done. Uh, not not mm-hmm. based on my extensive research, but the team automatically every year, the University of Rice would get an automatic bid to yeah, the Rice-A-Roni yep, Rice absolutely. Bowl. They're yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, the um, Campbell Soup Bowl, kind of fitting oh. with your your theme of food there yeah. the the hawaii bowl should be um sponsored by tommy bahama i think the tommy what? bahama hawaii bowl don't okay um uh, or hawaiian punch a hawaiian punch bowl that, it's a punch yeah. bowl what uh, about alamo rental cars sponsoring the alamo bowl so it's the alamo alamo instead bowl. of the valero alamo yeah, bowl that yeah. would make more sense what about Supercut sponsoring the Supercuts bowl it sounds like <laughs> super bowl but also before <laughs> every game <laughs> everybody wears gets, gets a bowl cut and it's like, like I'm that. going to the yeah, Super Yeah, flashback to 1987 yeah. for me, baby. Uh, what about the FTX Bowl? Nobody actually shows up. Oh, like, no. There's no That's, actual yeah. game. You, they could hold it on Fire Island every year. <laughs> that would be, that'd be lit. <laughs> Very good. Well, Chris, bowl season is here. I don't need to remind you. And a man that loves this time of year, college football analyst for Fox Radio host Brock Heward is our guest to dive into all things college football. Brock, thanks for hopping in with us. Uh, first, want to start with kind of what is lingering over college football right now. It's the shadow of, of Mike Leach and uh, the loss that is actually very profound over this sport. Such a huge personality, a, a pioneer uh, in the game offensively. What did Mike Leach mean to you? Ooh, I've known Mike a long, long time, and that 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 hit me like I think it hit a lot of us in college football hard. At just 61 years of age, and I know he had been battling some of these complications for some time. It wasn't just one sudden event, but I don't think any of us knew 
the situation he was in and as dire as obviously it became and, and we lose him way, way, way too young. I would say this century, and I played last century, which was a long time ago. I think this century, he is on the podium for one of the three most impactful coaches in college football. Wow. Nick Saban's number one, all of his process, uh, not only his wins, but just the, his psychology and his process and how you hear that repeated at high schools and junior highs across all sports and not just football, that you win each day, that it's a process and it's it's not just the results, it's the process driven. And, and Saban's number one. I think Pete Carroll and his dynasty he built at USC is probably number two. He played young people more than anybody else did. He brought distraction in. He got rid of this bunker mentality that it's us against the world. He wanted Snoop Dogg and Will Carroll and all the rest of Will Ferrell all on, on the sidelines. He wanted distraction as a part of his program. And again, you see so many following suit with that. And then I would put Mike Leach right there, winning the bronze medal, uh, right on the podium stage with those two of that air raid attack of a philosophy. It wasn't just a football system of X's and O's. It was a mindset. It was a philosophy. You see it in junior highs and middle schools and Pop Warner and seven-on-seven seven programs. You now see it in the NFL uh, with Patrick Mahomes um, kind of spearheading and being the tip of the spear of that mindset and that philosophy. So, yeah, Mike Leach, one of the most impactful coaches of this century, impactful in so many lives, got to know him on a personal level, and I am really happy Mississippi State is playing a bowl game to further remember, further recognize, and further celebrate one of the icons in the game. It's hard to talk about Coach Leach without talking about a humorous story. Do you do you have any from a you know uh, a weird yeah. conversation? <laughs> um, actually, yes. We <laughs> We followed the Pac-12 Network's lead some years ago. They had followed him with cameras as he walked from his home to the football offices. So we had them for a game and thought, well, why don't we do the same? And he's like, yeah, just, you know, the, and the SID, Bill Stevens, bless his heart, like, yeah, I told Coach, I think he's good to go. Coach's hours are kind of, uh, he doesn't really follow the clock. He's on Fiji time. But, yeah, I think if you're at his house at like 2 o'clock, that's when I told him to be ready. So we get there, producer, director, camera crew, everybody, right? Two o'clock. And he, he just lives in a, a neighborhood there in the Palouse and go and knock on his door. And I'm like, hey, and his daughter answers the door. And she's like, yeah, hey, come on in. I'm like, uh, really? Yeah, just come on in. My dad will be ready in a little bit, I think. So I, I go in, I'm sitting around the kitchen. I'm eating cookies. She like goes and knocks on the bedroom door. Dad, I, someone's here for you. And I'm like, this just, just, uh, this isn't quite right. So I said to his daughter, I'm, I think I'm going to go wait outside with the producer director whenever he comes out and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. He eventually comes out and he's wearing, I think some like 1988 sweats from Texas tech. They're like the nylon cheapest sweats. They put the mic on him. They put the battery pack on him. We're walking and we're about, I don't know, a half mile and a two mile walk, having just a great time. And I look over at him and his pants are falling down. Like the battery pack is just, you know, on the nylon sweats. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough structure there. Right. It's just fully down. And eventually, like literally, his pants are to his thighs. <laughs> and we have to stop. And the director's like, Mike, I'm super sorry. He didn't even notice. Like, oh. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, my pants are falling down. So one of many wonderful stories out there. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was an interview hopefully shot from the waist up anyway, right? Um, so you're, you're a Pac-12 guy, and uh, your Huskies are playing the Longhorns in the Alamo Bowl next week. Uh, but a new wrinkle now added to the Pac-12 with the addition of Deion Sanders at Colorado. Uh, what do you think of this move, and how successful do you think Coach Prime will be? 
Uh, this is boom or bust. Yeah. I, I don't think this will be a five or a six. This will be either a zero and just a massive failure, or it will be a 10 and off the charts. I, I think, it, and I could probably paint a picture as an analyst and tell you on both sides of that. And frankly, if I was in charge of Colorado and I was Rick George, the AD, this is the path that you have to go down. Uh, because if they would have hired a Bronco Mendenhall or Tom Herman, no shot on those guys, but they hire a middle of the road, you're, you're not turning the program. You're not bringing it exposure and visibility. And in a sport where perception does matter, where perception can become reality, where you do sell, you sell a playoff committee, you sell high school recruits, you sell your own recruits, you sell the transfer portal, you sell alumni, you sell collectives. It is a marketing selling business. And from the time he was in Tallahassee, wearing the chains and selling the image, primetime knows that game. So I think it'll be boom or bust. I totally understand it if I'm Colorado, and it will be must-see TV to follow. You know, you look at some of these the lower-tier bowl games, and you you almost wonder now. There, I mean, there's obviously a, a lot of games as we lead up to the big ones and the playoff. Uh, but what value do these lower-tier bowl games have in today's college football landscape? You know, as a guy that called the go-daddy of them all, potato bowl <laughs> and everything in between for many of my years, working my way up, uh, I I have an appreciation for them. It's, it's kind of like the Division Three, the Division Two, the 1AA and FCS level, and you watch these games and you watch these players compete, and you, I, I have an appreciation probably because I've been there. I've been in Boise with – 10,000 people and when it's 18 degrees in the potato then humanitarian bowl and you know what you sit with those players and you sit with those coaches and 99% of them are like I can't wait to play and for the seniors playing their last game and the majority that will never ever go play another competitive snap of football in pads and violence again you do have an appreciation and they do love it so I know sometimes it feels like, oh, my gosh, oversupply. What game is this? Who's the sponsor? What tractor company? Like, I, I, But for the actual players playing in it, right, and for the seniors playing in their finale for the last time in their life, it can be an endearing, still very, very special memory. But part of these wrinkles are the, the addition of NIL. You see opt-outs. Um, obviously, transfer portal comes into play now. How much does that – it makes it harder and harder. Yeah. There's no question. Like Wazoo just played last week, right? In the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Of course, there's a Jay Leno Bowl, <laughs> a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Let's just let's keep it going. And it was a facade. I mean, Wazoo was playing without their receivers, without their linebackers, without their coordinators. They'd taken jobs elsewhere, and they would got poached elsewhere. And, and it, it's nowhere near what they were in the season. So it's going to be harder and harder and harder for these bowls. There's no question. It was hard in the past anyway at times to get enough attendance. But there was enough ratings and there was enough revenue to, to keep the pipeline going. Now, when it's just such a, just such a, I hate to use the word facade, but when it's not even the guys that were the combatants during the season and you're left to backups, to backups, to backups, in some cases, it gets to be a much, I, I totally understand it. It gets to be a much more difficult product to sell. And even as a team and as players, you look around and go, man, I'd sure like to have so-and-so, but, you know, he transferred and he left and he's out and, and he's under greener pastures. And, and yet those that are left still to play, as I said, especially those upperclassmen, that this is all they know, this is all they've done, and this is their last hurrah, I still think there's a place to celebrate them. What about those programs that uh, that maybe 
you know they're not in the, they're not in the playoff picture this year, but you saw enough at the end of the regular season to think, man, these are riser programs that come next year. Uh, we could see them making the semifinals. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that is University of Washington, right? Uh, it went ten and two in Kalen DeBoer's four, first year, bringing back Michael Penix to finish eighth in the Heisman. Who, just in the last week, has has had a number of players say, "Yeah, I'm not leaving. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around. I'm gonna run this back." And oh, I'm gonna bring a USC transfer and a ASU transfer and a South Dakota transfer, and right, and and just bring in all these players because they see it. Like I kind of liked what I saw there, I kind of want to be a part of that thing. And that Michael Penix guy can, can throw the rock yeah. and I want to be a part of him or Caleb Williams at USC. I mean, I know that he has been incredibly active in that transfer portal. I know that he played a role in bringing the receivers there last year, and he's going to bring more receivers this year. Why? Well, because a there's NIL money, collective money, but B I want to play with that guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the old NBA world where, the, you know, down there in Florida, where, where you're at, <laughs> where, where that certain basketball guy put together a team around him and Chris Bosch wanted to play and Wade wanted to play. And I want to want to play with that superstar. Take your so, talents to South Beach, right? There you go. Hey, br- exactly of course, right. and you mentioned Michael Penix, Tampa's on, right? Uh, a lot of people around here are thrilled with what he's yep. done in his career. Uh, let's look at this, though, as much as, as tumultuous as this college football season has been. It's left us now with these four teams in the playoff, in the semifinal. You've got Georgia, Ohio State, and then you have Michigan, TCU. Let's look at Georgia, Ohio State. You know, historically, these semifinal games in the playoff era have been kind of duds outside of Oklahoma, Georgia in 2017. But this one seems to have the makings of a championship caliber game. When you look at that Georgia defense, can the Buckeyes scheme enough on offense to find some cracks there and, and possibly pull off an upset? Yeah, this one four has maybe the most diverse top tier talent when it comes to four and five stars, right? Sometimes some of these one fours are like, oh boy, this is not a level playing field. But when it comes to the recruits, when it comes to NFL prospects, when it comes to speed and size and strength and talent, I'm sure Georgia is like, oh no, I don't want that. I don't want Ohio State. I don't want that team that just took a, a big old slice of humble pie either right, to kind of bring them close together. So they're loaded on the perimeter, but this will be a line of scrimmage game. And that, you know, is where Kirby Smart, they wanted a year ago. They built it from the inside out. They're the most dominant team a season ago in the line of scrimmage. And for a majority of the season, they've been that way as well. And that is where Ohio State, unfortunately, with injuries to their running backs, unfortunately, with some inexperience on their O-line, that's going to be in a home venue largely Mm -hmm. for the Bulldogs. That's going to be a tough one. I think it'll be a more compelling game. As you said, some of these matchups we've seen in the past, but watch that game from the inside out. Number 88, Jalen Carter in particular, because that guy, much like the Bulldogs did a year ago, can take over the game. So where is the the kink in the armor for the dogs? I think if you can get them to have to have to play a a pass first, right? Uh, to, to, To dig out and play from behind a little bit. That may be your opportunity. And Ohio State's explosive. I mean, C.J. Stroud can throw it. Marvin Harrison Jr. can run and catch. And and they can certainly, as they showed in the Rose Bowl a year ago, man, they could spray it all over the field. So, yeah, I think challenging the perimeter. If they could play the game on the perimeter, don't play it in the phone booth. Play it out on the perimeter with our speed and our playmakers and just put the pressure on them in that environment too. You know, they've not felt a ton of pressure this season. They've not been squeezed in some big moments against competition. So if they can do that and actually turn that home crowd, not not against the Bulldogs, they won't be against them, but at least create a seed of doubt and thought 
then then it may be turned to the Buckeyes' advantage late in the game. Well, and maybe the Bulldog fans have spent so much money in the last four years going to these playoff and championship games. They're going to save their you know money for the, the championship, yeah. and Ohio State's going to have a pretty sizable representation there in Atlanta. I don't know. That's probably not realistic. TCU, Michigan, real quick. These are two teams, yeah. and you just mentioned how Ohio State was, was pushed around by Michigan, such a physical team. It kind of gave Georgia the blueprint for how to beat that Ohio State team. Then you have TCU coming in that just had this incredible season, first year under, under Sonny Dykes, coach of the year, but found themselves having to basically just play in the second half. Like it, at halftime, you knew TCU was going to come alive. It, it caught up with them in that Big 12 championship game. But again, a lot of explosive talent there, uh, similar to Ohio State. How do you see that one going, TCU and Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, I think very similar. Like if that game can be played outside the hashes, the Horn Frogs are explosive. Uh, had more chunk plays, more 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yard touchdowns than any of these other teams in the playoffs. So, if they can play the game outside, but we know this, and I think we've learned this over the years whether it's the NFL or college football or this playoff that we've seen is that typically when you get to this stage, those defenses that can compress the game, mm -hmm. those systems and those styles that can play it in a phone booth and just say, no, man, it's not going to be out there. It's not going to be the prettiest thing. It's not going to be all this dynamic offense. You're going to have to buckle up your chin strap, man. You're going to have to bite down on that mouthpiece. You're going to have to deal with this slobber knock and just hit you in the face again and again and again. And it's why it may just very well set up to be Georgia and Michigan again in a rematch of the playoff from a year ago where Michigan wasn't equipped. They didn't have yeah. a dual threat QB. They didn't have much explosive firepower. They'll be more equipped for that matchup if indeed those are the two left standing. So it sounds like January 9th, SoFi Stadium. We got Wolverines. We've got Georgia Bulldogs in a, in a rematch. And you think it's going to be a little bit closer than last year's? I think so, yeah. I think J.J. there in McCarthy, the QB at Michigan, showed in that battle with Ohio State. I think a lot of people, maybe myself included, thought, oh, if this becomes a J.J. McCarthy game and Michigan falls behind at the horseshoe, good luck because you're just not going to be able to do it. And he silenced a lot of us, silenced a lot of those yeah. doubters. But more importantly, I think built a confidence from within that, man, we can play any style. And if we got to pound you, and the Joe Moore award-winning O-line back-to-back years is the best O-line unit in America, that being in Ann Arbor. If we got to do it that way, we can do it that way. But J.J., the jet plane, you got to go make some plays and fly around and do it through the air. Uh, the Wolverines were capable this season a little bit more than they've been in the past with Mr. Harbaugh. Well, we appreciate yeah. the insights, uh, and we are looking forward to these games, and we appreciate the word of the day today, Slobberknock, as brought to you by Brock Hewitt. <laughs> I appreciate it so much, and, uh, and we will uh, sit back and watch, and hopefully we get some – some really tight games down the stretch and uh, reinvigorate the passion for bowl season yet again. Brock Heward from Fox's College yes. Football Coverage. Hey. We appreciate it. Happy Brock. holidays, Brock. You Happy well. New Year. Merry Christmas. You as well, guys. Thanks for letting me share about Mike Leach, too, and starting this with him uh, and getting a chance to end it with him because, as you all said, he was one of the special treasures in our sport. Absolutely. No one and, like uh, him. His Mississippi State Bulldogs will certainly uh, miss his presence on the sideline at the ReliQuest Bowl here at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. We were really looking forward to talking to, to Coach Leach, and uh, so it's a, it's a heavy heart, Chris, that yeah. uh, we kind of get to the end of this point in the season and, uh, and one of the true legends in the game. Someone I, I really don't feel was appreciated for his the full extent of his value of what he brought to college football because he was a pioneer and that you look at the stops that Mike Leach went to you know a Washington State a Texas Tech even a Mississippi State and these are these are programs that are largely unheralded 
and uh, and he made them as competitive as any. It kind of always makes you wonder if he had gone to one of these blue bloods, right? What he could have done. Oh, the guy could roll out of bed and win eight games. Look at his coaching tree now. You know, Lincoln Riley, Dana Holgerson. I mean, he this air raid offense. These other coaches have taken the aspects of that and adapted it into uh, what is the modern day offense. I mean, like you said, it's it, he doesn't get. We all love to tell the stories and his. You know, he has so many sound bites, but it really was what he did with Hal Mummy back at Kentucky. That offense that. Um, I like how Brock put it. He's he's on the pedestal as having one of the greatest impacts on the modern game of football. Yeah, absolutely love it. Well, Chris, I'm excited. I can't wait for these bowl games to kick off. Uh, these semifinal games are going to be – I hope that they are are better than what we've seen out of semifinal games recently. But yeah. that's the expectation. And I think some of these – non-semifinal games are going to be really good too this is the most wonderful time of the year bowl season it most certainly is well i'm excited about the games but i'm also excited about this mystery guest that bk's been talking about so uh, let's bring brian in um brian uh what can you tell i mean is he is he going to pop up in the logistics is he in studio with us is he hiding behind something the logistics have just been incredibly difficult here sean Sean O'Neill has been helping me out. He's a technical wizard. And Sean O'Neill, you've been able to – wait a minute. Your signal's, like, breaking up He's a trying bit. to – is it coming in? Oh, wait a minute. Who is this? Wait, wait. wait, wait. Oh. wait a minute. Are you, you're Look. kidding me. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. It's no Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, hello there. Hello. Wow. Hi, Santa. Wow. Santa, you're real. I've always <laughs> believed that. But, but it's good to see that you still are real. <laughs> Wow, what what are you doing? Uh, you know, I was just kind of munching on a candy cane and uh, <laughs> checking out the Barbie line. We're having some problems. Some of the elves are putting the arms where the legs go and vice versa. So it, it's always a problem when it gets this close to Christmas. Well, yeah, this is crunch time. I figured you'd be busy, but you're willing to jump on a, on a podcast here in Tampa, Florida. Well, you know, I, I like to try to make a little time to spread holiday cheer everywhere. So why not? That's what well, we do as well. This is incredibly kind of you. I know this is your your busiest time of year, as Scott just said. But we just have a, about 26 questions for you, if you don't mind. Just 26, 27, maybe. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Now, look, they, first of all, they screwed up on the blue M&Ms that they were supposed to send me. Uh-oh. And I said 20 questions. But, you know, okay, if you want to try to do 26, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. It's always the fine print in the in the contract that you sign with Santa to get him on your podcast that gets here. Yeah, it's, it's pretty involved these days. Well, I just, first of all, always a huge fan of yours we've interviewed a lot of celebrities hall of famers on this podcast but i this you are at the top of the list here and so oh that's so nice of you to say well i you know we are in florida although uh, we hope this fine podcast is consumed all over the world but here in florida you know santa one question we have is uh we don't have many chimneys here in florida so what's your preferred method of entry when the old smoke chute isn't available uh, give me one sec. That's that's a really easy question to answer. Let's see here. Oh, yep, yep. There we go. Somewhere down in. Yep, he's there got, it is. He's got a basket. He's so, got he's um, he's basket. to everyone's home. Oh, anybody, anybody see that? It's yeah. the magic key. Is that a bird? Is, is, is that a magic key? Oh, okay. It's a very special magic key because it says SC, you know, stands for Scott Calvin. Um, no, it actually <laughs> stands for Santa Claus. Uh, if you do not have a chimney on Christmas Eve, no problem. Uh, this works really well. There's a very special magical slot right here in the middle, and I just kind of look through that. And it lets me know if you're on the naughty or nice list, and it will open any door of someone that is on the nice list on Christmas Eve. Well, we will get to that I list. Have to say in just it exactly a that way because many children have been very upset 
wanting to know if Santa is just going to break into their house with this on July 4th. And and that would uh, that would never happen, of course. But well, that, at least drop off some fireworks. If you're the, yeah. uh, of the magic. Piece. Yeah. Santa, what is the hot toy this season? Uh, the hot toy this season, it depends who you're asking. Um, the boys uh, really, really are into the PS5s and the Switches. And of course, Barbie is still very popular, but she's uh, getting a run for her money this year with the LOL dolls for the little ladies. And by boys, you mean uh, men under the age of 40? Is that. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, there, there is a certain weight limit and an age limit right. to uh, Santa's lap. So, uh, yeah, what, let's call it 12 and under, shall we? Has inflation affected you up in the North Pole in terms of uh, toy production? Yeah. Well, not in terms of toy production. The inflation that I've had is that Mrs. Claus is putting extra butter in all the cookies, and my waistline has inflated like you would not believe. I've gotten so much bigger. Well, maybe you won't be going down any chimneys. Maybe you'll always be using that magic key. Well, that's a magic thing. I mean, I know you've seen how that works. You know, I shrink down to the size of a pencil and fit into anywhere but uh but you know the overall girth going around the belly is, is getting a little out of hand well we'll put some more elastic in your pants i'm sure it's nothing miss claus can't uh, manage um on that hot toy list i've got to imagine you're getting inundated with requests for taylor swift tickets probably from some very good girls or boys are you going to be able to deliver well we're not going to speak to that because first of all Ticketmaster, they have just dominated the naughty list this year. Mm. They are in so much hot water. No one at Ticketmaster is getting toys this year. <laughs> um, but uh, I am not getting in the middle of the Taylor Swift fray. There are some things that Santa just doesn't jump into, politics and Taylor Swift tickets. So you can smart. request them all you want. Santa will not have any in the sleigh. Well, that Sorry. answered my next question, well, too. It sounds like, what was, what's that? I next? was going to ask him if he was Republican or Democrat, but we don't, he said he doesn't get into politics. <laughs> so. He's wearing a red suit, so I don't know if that gives it away. I want to know, for naughty or nice list, what about this guy next to me, Scott Smith? Is is he, I'm assuming, on the naughty list again, but if he did make the nice list, what is he getting? Well, I mean, he spent all this time with you, and that alone Thank you know, you. really elevates him up a little bit yes. to the nice list. Thank See, you. I, to I told you. Well, and that's, okay. that's what I was going to ask you. On a scale of, of one to call the cops, where is, uh, where is my friend Chris Cato on this naughty nice list? Uh, from one to call the cops, let's see. Um, <laughs> so we can't go over 10? Okay, well, let's not get into that right now. It's There, there are some things that I promised Chris would remain a Christmas secret. Um, that's why <laughs> he's, got, told, he's hey, got a lot. Of, thank he you. has his own category. A lot you, of you've already answered my, yeah. my number one request. <laughs> Actually, for years, I've been burning to ask you this question. And, you know, I'm, I, this could be... Uh, my parents haven't heard this. Uh, I don't think they listen to this podcast, so this is probably well, safe. Shame. Uh, they're Tell the them they should listen this time. How yeah. often do you get to hear Santa on exactly. the radio? Well, I don't know if they want to hear this next one, but I would say let's okay. dial the clock back. Christmas Eve 1987. You remember this well, I hope. I sneaked out of my bedroom to catch a glimpse of you, and I saw you kissing my mom. <laughs> It was a it was a long kiss. It seemed to have wow. uh, meaning and, Sens and and sensual. My dad was was nowhere around, and I never spoke of this to to him or her. But I'm asking you now, what what was going on? Between, any, anybody else sweating between here? you and my mom? Well, well, first of all, this is something that your imagination has made up oh, because way way back in the early 1970s, there was the Michael Jackson incident, is what the elves call it. Of, of Santa and mommy kissing Santa Claus. 
we have made sure that never happens again. So your timeline is a little off. There's no way that could have been me. Mm. I think the HR department in the North in the North Pole has gotten involved since. Sounds like yeah. some attorneys I, I have, so, yeah. have put some things. Okay, well, I that puts me at rest. You're right. It probably was a figment of my imagination. Well, now it has a whole nother. Who I was had... that guy if he wasn't Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm just assuming maybe I had some like hallucinogenic sugar plums oh, before okay. bed and Could was just been. seeing things. Could I don't know. Been. Well, you we, know, this is why Santa just sticks to cookies. Be careful what you ingest on Christmas Eve. Well, the cookie is Chris's mom's name. <laughs> 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 anyway, it was actually Ginger, but same family. <laughs> ginger Snap. We just want to thank you for your time because yeah. we know. You are the busiest man on the planet right now. Uh, you have a lot of gifts that you uh, have to deliver, and it sounds like some of the Barbies need to be sorted out here between now and then. But I, I trust do. if there's anybody up for the job. I, I do have one more quick one, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, no. I, I know yes. you're very busy, but my, I would, my son would kill me if I didn't ask. My, my son, Walker, who at 10 years old still knows that you are real, asked me. I told him I might get to uh, interview you one day. I didn't know it was happening today, but he asked me to ask you this. This is his one question. Mm -hmm. Is Frosty the Snowman also real? Well, it depends on the time of year and where you're located. It might be really hard for the real Frosty to make an appearance in Florida. There are some weather concerns, some temperature issues. Uh, if you can make it to the North Pole, I don't know if you've got any PTO you'd like to burn and some travel expenses. Um, I could introduce you to the real Frosty at the North Pole. Uh, it works much better for him there. I think Southwest is flying direct now, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Well, thank you so much. I, that's going to put Walker at ease. And no, we don't want a frosty the puddle here in Florida. No. Right, no. right. That, that's the whole problem part. He, he stays away from greenhouses and anything south of Alabama. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's got his list. He's been checking it at least twice by now, and he is—he's ready to deliver. He is the man for the season, Mr. Kringle himself, Santa Claus. Thank you so much. I can't for believe your time. this. What, what an honor! Uh, and very cool. Have a have a merry Christmas, and you know, don't don't work too hard. Now, is there a way to get Brian? Do the very same, and, and make sure you put out those really good cookies again this year, would you? That was Those were amazing the, last year. The ginger snaps. She'll be ready. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Santa. Oh, man. Oh, he's the best. Merry Santa. That is so, that is so cool. Brian. How was that? How did you, how did you organize this? I had to pull a lot of strings. Yeah, strings like that string tie around thing. your neck. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was incredible, Brian. You have outdone yourself. Well, what, but that was great, wasn't it? Well, yeah. let, uh, you who, can, who can not like Santa? You can now quit for the year. I think. Well, thank you. I get on to that. No, you can take the, the rest off. of the year off. Absolutely. Well, that was fun. That was great. Thanks know, a lot. Talk a little college football, and then of course, uh, much thanks to Santa Claus for for hopping on because that's not like a Zoom call. You can't dial that up. No, like that, that is that something. was straight through yeah. the North Pole blizzard dialed in. I know. That was beautiful. Very good stuff. Well, if you would like to watch this show again in its full length form. Make sure you go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. Hit the QR code that's on your screen as we speak, or you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. It'll send it right to your phone each and every week in audio form. And, of course, you can find the show on all the social medias. That would be a gift, a holiday gift for anyone. You to think get so? Them, yeah, just put and them on the nodpod. It's free. Yeah. yeah. It's not the naughty list. We're not charging. It's the nod list. We're not charging for subscribers yet. Absolutely. Well, what a great uh, show it has been, and uh, a Merry Christmas yes. to you, Mr. Cato, and uh, your family, and we hope that it is uh, truly the most wonderful time of the year. Take it easy on the eggnog and give my best to Cookie. Okay. I'm going to call her now and tell her to be sure to listen <laughs> to this episode. Until the next time we are on, there are no 
off days. Oh, Merry Christmas. She's going to be embarrassed.